Talk 1110-993-WBT. What is going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Pete Callender here. You can email me, Pete, at the Pete Callender Show. And uh, the phone number is 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110, and also on the Twitter machine at Pete Callender. Uh, we've apparently experienced some phone line difficulties here, and so we uh, were waiting and, well, we had initially planned to uh, chat with Congressman, former Congressman Mark Walker. Um, so Bernie is uh, feverishly dialing to little avail, but if uh, he's got our number as a backup, so hopefully they can call us. And so when, when we get him, we'll have him on. So if it feels disjointed, that's why. But uh, last night up in Ohio, J.D. Vance won the Republican primary in that state's uh, race for U.S. Senate on the Republican side. And uh, Fox News reporting if former President Donald Trump's continued clout over the Republican Party was on the line in that race, well, then uh, he easily passed the test, right? J.D. Vance, the candidate that Trump endorsed less than three weeks ago in the crowded and expensive showdown that has grabbed national attention for months, on Tuesday, won the GOP nomination in the race to succeed retiring Republican Senator Rob Portman. By the way, uh, I see the, uh, the uh, as R.B. Pundit calls them, the Washington generals of the Republican Party. The, the folks affiliated with the Bulwark, um, the folks affiliated with the Lincoln Project. These are the, uh, the former Republican consultant class that... Uh, left the party over Donald Trump, hate Donald Trump, and they were backing, uh, what's his face, Dolan up in that race, and Dolan lost, and so now all of the the surrender caucus, they're all uh, advising people to go vote for the Democrat. Uh, Tim Ryan, I believe, is running. He's a congressman. He's running for the U.S. Senate seat, which is really all you need to know. Uh, is J.D. Vance that awful of a Republican candidate? Right, Dolan and Vance are not terribly different on a great many of the issues, but it it, it really does speak volumes about how how badly some people are broken by Donald Trump, and that's people for him and against him. There are people that are for him that he broke them as well. Right? It's just, but it is kind of comical to me. This is the problem. I always tell people: politicians will break your heart. Do not. Uh, you know, fall in love with these these uh, candidates or elected officials because they're human. They're going to break your heart. They're going to disappoint you at some point. And if you you can't you can't view everything through the prism of a single person, aka Donald Trump. People who view everything through Trump, it's it's you become just one dimensional predictable pedestrian it's just not i don't know that's just me i i i don't ever i've never been that way so i don't know i i just see it it happened i used to call them obamatons in 2008 the people that were you know just lined up obama obama and everything obama said was perfect and everything he did was perfect he could do no wrong and then you also had every you know people on the other side that obama could do no right everything he did was wrong every single thing he was just evil and all this you can't view everything through the prism of one single person. 
Well, you can. I don't advise it. Now, J.D. Vance pointed to this endorsement and said that uh, that this was you know put this was a key in putting him over the the hump. His campaign senior advisor, Andy Sarabian, told Fox News that his candidate quote put in tremendous work and has immense political talent, which put him in that uh, put him in the position to earn the support of President Trump. But it was the endorsement that propelled him into a commanding first place finish. When asked if uh, Trump's backing was the reason that Vance came out on top, longtime Ohio-based Republican consultant Mike Hartley said 100% it was. Vance was stuck before the endorsement, he says, and surged the last two weeks. Um, Now, well, that always happens. There's always a break among the undecideds towards one candidate or the other in the final weeks of a campaign. That always happens. So was that solely due to Trump's endorsement? Probably not. Was it largely due to the endorsement? Maybe. It had an impact, I would say. Absolutely. How much? Don't know. I'll wait for somebody else to come out and do surveys and the like on that. I think, actually, that Trump waiting on making endorsements might be the better move than him going in early and making endorsements. Especially if you've already got declared candidates, like here in North Carolina, for example. He declared uh, his support for Ted Budd. He did that very early on. And while it did help get the campaign started, get the Budd campaign started, I I don't know if that has the long-term impact more so than the spending from the club for growth, that probably has done more than anything. I mean, you get $15 million, you know, dumped into the race and just constant barrage of the negative ads directed at Pat McCrory. I'd say that probably has uh, more to do with it. Club for growth, by the way, went after JD Vance. So, Maybe it, that sh- maybe that race shows that the Trump endorsement can overcome the club for growth. Maybe that's possible. But I always say the candidates matter. The individual candidates matter. Who's running against whom matters. We have our election May 17th, right? That's uh, our primary. And uh, I've been compiling various... Uh, endorsement slates. I don't make endorsements for candidates or anything like that. I will tell you like where I'm going to vote or, you know, the, the people that I'm looking to vote for and against. I do not tell people who to go vote for. I do not make endorsements of candidates uh, because it's your choice. I'll tell you who I like and why. And like, for example, right now I'm presented, I'm an unaffiliated voter. I am presented with the opportunity to vote in either the Democratic primary or the Republican primary. What do I want to do? Well, if I vote in the Republican primary, I can vote in the U.S. Senate race for the Republican candidate, uh, for the nominee, rather. Um, And I can also uh, vote for judges. There's a bunch of judge races that are uh, working their way through the primary first, not on the Democrat side. So if I vote in the Democrat primary, I don't have any input on any of the statewide judge races. I do, however, have input on sheriff. And I think I would very much like to vote in that sheriff's race. I think, I think I would like to vote against our current sheriff. 
So that's where I'm leaning right now. I haven't really decided yet, but uh, I figured I would open it up. And if you've got your endorsements, you you got questions about candidates, we can just kind of run through some of those. I've got the uh, various endorsements and, and some bios on the judge races, because I know a lot of people are going to be voting in the GOP primary, and I've been asked about this as well. So I've got some uh, some stuff on the judges. Um, and if we've learned anything recently in North Carolina, the judge races matter a lot. So maybe I'll vote in the Republican primary. I don't know. I go back and forth. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender Show talking about the election. It is underway, by the way. It is underway right now in North Carolina. And uh, so if you've got questions or you, uh, you're you excited to vote for a candidate, I'm curious to know who they might be and why. So, uh, like, who are your endorsements? 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, just so people are aware, uh, you had the opportunity to request an absentee ballot uh, in North Carolina. You don't. We have no excuse absentee balloting. We've had that for years, so you don't have to come up with a reason for why you need the absentee ballot. You just ask for one, and then you get it. But we're in the early voting period now, so you can go to any of the locations. Uh, they're all over the county, and you go in there and you vote real quick. Um, this is a primary, which means lower turnout. Always has been. It's about 15%, usually somewhere in that neighborhood, 15% uh, to 18%, I want to say. it's a. These are primaries. A lot of people don't pay any attention, and that's you know good and bad. On the one hand, it's you know bad, quote-unquote, because not a lot of people are participating in the democracy. But on the other hand, those who do participate have more of an opportunity to affect change. So... If you like a particular candidate, your vote carries more weight when fewer people vote. That's what Democrats say, right? So um, in the Republican primary, there are, and I got an email the other day asking what my thoughts were about uh, some of the, uh, the judges that are running. So let me run through at the state level. We've got uh, North Carolina. Again, these are just the primaries. And Democrats don't have uh, competing candidates, so there's no primary for Democrat voters. There are primaries for the Republican voters. If you are an unaffiliated voter, such as myself, you can pick whichever primary you want to vote in. You can even ask for an unaffiliated ballot. I'm not sure why you would do that. I don't even know if there are unaffiliated races right now. I guess maybe school boards unaffiliated. So um, it just depends where you live. But If you're an unaffiliated voter, you get to choose, which is one of the benefits, which is also one of the reasons why a lot of people are registering as unaffiliated in North Carolina. It's now the number one uh, group by registration. It just surpassed Democrats. So North Carolina Supreme Court Associate Justice. This is seat number five. This is uh, the Republican primary. You got three different candidates, Victoria Prince, April Wood, and Trey Allen. Uh, again, I make no endorsements here. I'm just going to run through them, and, and you can go to their websites, which, by the way, if you go to the State Board of Elections, they do have a judicial voter guide that they have put up there, and that guide will give you their backgrounds, and that's what I'm uh, kind of going off of here as a template, but uh, you also then get links to their websites. So 
that's a good way to find all of the candidates that are running for these judge races is at the State Board of Elections, which is NCSBE, State Board Elections, North Carolina, NCSBE.gov, okay? And then you can find the judicial uh, voter guide up there. So Supreme Court Associate Justice Seat 5, Victoria Prince, she's out of Greensboro. Uh, She's an attorney, and uh, she is uh, self-described not a career politician. I am not a seasoned judge. And, um, but she is an attorney um, and has been for like three years, not even. So <laughs> uh, that would raise some concern for me. Like if I, I would probably not vote for her just because she doesn't have any experience. And I don't think a post on the North Carolina Supreme Court is an entry-level gig. I don't. Um, I would want somebody with a little bit more experience and knowing nothing about her. I don't know how you have any confidence to put her on that bench when she could be the deciding vote. And as we learned, what, four years ago or two years ago? Two years ago. With Chris Anglin, when he ran and uh, played spoiler for Barbara Jackson the uh, state Supreme Court justice who lost her seat to Beverly, Beverly Earl, Anita Earl, Anita Earls, Anita Earls. Yeah. The, the woman who started up the, uh, the activist, uh, was it to do, 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 do the Southern coalition for social justice. She's now one of our Supreme court justices because, um, in some measure due to Chris Anglin, Democrat who registered as a Republican, So he could split the GOP vote in the general election, which was an open election and party identifiers were put back on the ballot. And uh, and so he he was the proverbial floater in the punch bowl. And. um, Yeah, so it can't. So I prefer to know. Somebody's record when going into the voting booth and when especially on the, the these judge races. That record means they've got opinions that I could read or rulings they've participated in that I could follow. And she does not have them. So I I would not feel comfortable with that. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, talking about the election. It is underway, so if you have questions about candidates uh, or you're interested in learning about some of them, uh, stay tuned, because we're doing uh, some of that here throughout the program. We're going to talk with Mark Walker at 1 o'clock, so the beginning of the next hour. Um, So where I left off was this uh, North Carolina State Supreme Court seat. This is the the seat five, and... I mentioned the first candidate that it's going to appear on the ballot, and I've already forgotten her name. Victoria Prince. No experience and uh, not even really a lawyer for very long, so that's a red flag for me. Again, I don't make endorsements here. I just tell you who I like, who I might vote for. You can do with that whatever you want, but I'm not telling you who to vote for. And I'm not going to be mad if you don't agree with me. doesn't matter. Again, Don't fall in love with elected leaders or politicians, right? They will break your heart. I live by that. You should too. So you having a different opinion about an elected leader doesn't have any impact on me whatsoever. And I would hope the same goes vice versa. Anyway, uh, North Carolina Court of Appeals judge. 
that is what April Wood has been. She's also running for this Supreme Court seat. April Wood from Lexington, she's been practicing uh, since 97. She was a uh, court of appeals judge since uh, 2021. She was a district court judge for 20 years almost before that. She was a certified juvenile court judge and an attorney for about five years before becoming a judge. She is experienced in trial court, and she points out that this is actually an asset that is missing from the current makeup of the state Supreme Court. That there are no experienced trial court judges on the bench. thought that was pretty interesting. So uh, she's already on the state court of appeals. She's trying to make a jump up to the uh, state Supreme Court. Then there is Trey Allen. He's a Republican. He is currently the general counsel. He's a lawyer, but the general counsel for the North Carolina Administrative Office of the Courts, the original AOC, if you will. He was a uh, judge advocate with the U.S. Marine Corps for five years in the early 2000s. He then became a law clerk for, who is now Chief Justice, Paul Newby. He did that for a year. Um, He then went into private practice for a while. He's uh, an assistant professor, associate professor at UNC Chapel Hill. He's been doing that for almost a decade. Uh, And then a year ago, he became the general counsel for the AOC. He says, I have prosecuted crimes and advised commanders as a Marine officer. I clerked for a state Supreme Court justice. I argued constitutional law and other cases in state and federal courts and obtained recognition as a teacher and a scholar of North Carolina law. At the request of Republican Chief Justice Paul Newby, I now serve as the top lawyer for our state courts system. Trial court judges, clerks of court, and magistrates contact my office for guidance on legal matters. Seems like a pretty qualified guy as well. So I think both of them pretty qualified. If you're looking to pick you know, either one, you know, go to their websites. Uh, his is Trey Allen NC, and hers is JudgeWoodForJustice.com. So that's the state Supreme Court primary for Republicans. Court of Appeal, seat nine, Beth Freshwater Smith. She's a district court judge and an attorney, has been practicing since the late 80s. Uh, as a judge on the Court of Appeals, that's what this is. That's what this seat is for, Court of Appeals, seat nine. I promise to uphold the Constitution, follow the laws of our state. Some of my endorsers include... Justice Phil Berger, Jr. of the Supreme Court, Court of Appeals Judges Jefferson Griffin and Jeff Carpenter, as well as Senator Jim Perry, Representative Jimmy Dixon, Sheriffs Chip Hughes and Keith Stone, and the Citizen Advocates for Accountable Government. I am the truly conservative Republican candidate who will uphold the Constitution and stand up for the law. Okay, She is from uh, Wilson County. No experience as a... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. She has served as a... Judge, she says, a prosecutor and a private attorney. She is running against Donna Stroud. Donna Stroud is out of Garner, North Carolina. Her current job is the chief judge of the Court of Appeals. So she's running for re-election. She's got a primary opponent. Newby appointed her as the first Republican chief judge of the Court of Appeals. Isn't that amazing? In 2021, we saw the very first Republican hold the seat of uh, chief judge of the Court of Appeals. That's how long it took. See, so people who 
They want to believe in like the history began when they arrived in this state and they started paying attention to politics. And because they're new arrivals, as so many people are in North Carolina, they think that the Republicans have been running the show here forever. Mm, No. She said uh, she is endorsed by former Chief Justice Mark Martin, Justice Barbara Jackson, Justice Robert Edmonds, Justice Robert Hunter Jr., and the former Court of Appeals Judge Anne Marie Calabria, which I got to tell you, in Republican uh, judicial circles, like those are rock star names. Those are those are big names. They're former judges Edmonds, Jackson, Hunter, and uh, Calabria. Now, and her website, by the way, is judgestroud.com. Now, going back to her opponent real quick, Beth Smith, Fresh Beth Freshwater Smith. One of these endorsements stood out to me, Jim Perry. That's a state senator that I respect, and so uh, he's a straight shooter in my mind. And so, like again, I think both of these candidates would probably be fine. Donna Stroud's the incumbent. She's the chief of the chief justice on the state court of appeals. So I kind of think that like they've been doing a pretty good job. I think she's been doing a pretty good job. Um, final seat, court of appeals. Michael Stading. He's from Mint Hill. And uh, he's a district court judge right now, um, to, to currently serves as the North Carolina district court judge. And Andy's a reservist for the U.S. Air Force. And uh, he's also an assistant staff judge advocate and former prosecutor, former defense attorney, former attorney for the FOP as well. And his opponent is Charlton Allen. Charlton Allen. He's from Mooresville and he is a certified mediator. Certified mediator, like somebody that tries to avoid going to court for some of this stuff. And he says uh, he has served as a leader in the teenage Republicans, college Republicans, young Republicans, county GOP chairman in two counties, president of the North Carolina Federation of Republican Men. By contrast, my opponent in the GOP primary switched party affiliation four times in eight years. I'm a constitutional conservative and textualist, and my role model is the late Justice Antonin Scalia. All of this, again, is available at the State Board of Elections website, ncsbe.gov. Who are you endorsing? News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Yes, to answer the question, if you have a candidate that you like, let me know. Um, you can call in at 704-570-1110 or 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, make your endorsement. You can also email Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. Um, I got an email here. Let me see. Uh, Pete, I try to listen almost every day on BT. I just wanted you to know that I shared your view on candidate Bud, Ted Bud not participating in the debates. I thought it was important so that we could see him live against other candidates. So I contacted his office to find out why he wasn't participating, and they gave me some standard non-answer answer. I wasn't satisfied with that, so I contacted them again, expressing my view that it was important for him to participate. They replied, quote, The reason why Congressman Bud has not debated is because he is committed to visiting all 100 counties before May 17th. He believes that it's more important to sit face-to-face with voters and answer their questions rather than sitting in a green room all day. 
That's a false choice. Uh, Congressman Bud has been in multiple forums, interviews, and is not afraid to answer tough questions. <sighs> okay. Um, I asked when he would be in Gaston County, and I have not heard back from them. I'm not holding my breath. Uh, he says, I voted early last week, and I did not vote for Mr. Bud. Look, this is, I have said this from the beginning. It is important to me. doesn't have to be to you, and I understand the other side of this argument is, well, he's winning, so screw it. He doesn't need to debate anybody. Nobody cares about it anyway. It's just the left-wing media asking questions. Well, not in all cases, because there were offers of certain individuals that are not left-wing to act as moderators, and they were rejected as well. So it's obviously a, a tactic. It's their strategy is to not debate, and that is their prerogative. And who knows? It might actually pay off for them, right? He wins the primary, and then he goes into the general, and maybe he dodges debates with Cherry Beasley too. And then he wins a Senate seat for that. Maybe this is the perfect strategy, and then we never get to see debates ever again. Yay! Right? I don't think that's a great path, but if it means you win, then I guess it's a great path. See, I, I, I'm not of that opinion. I would rather know uh, what a person's ability is to think on their feet, respond to... Uh, you know, charges, accusations, and topics and issues and all of that. I don't like a lot of the formats of debates. I've said this as well. I understand, you know, going onto a stage and you get these scripted questions and the, you're know, put on a clock and give me a one-minute answer. And I don't like all of that. I like a free-flowing discussion. I would prefer to have, like, the moderator say, uh, you know, Ukraine, discuss. And that's it. And then you don't hear or see the moderator again for like 15, 20 minutes or something as the candidates rip each other apart. No, I'm kidding. But they just they debate among themselves. And you, you can try to you know monitor the time, make sure somebody's not getting way too much time versus another. And if the moderator can step in and say, OK, well, let him finish, you know, let him say his piece or whatever. There are better ways to do a debate. Absolutely. Than a lot of the, the formats that we see nowadays. But I will also tell you that a lot of those debate formats are structured that way because the candidates want them that way. They want a one-minute answer. You know why they want one minute? Because they can tap dance away in one minute. They can memorize a one-minute answer. They don't have to think in complex, deep thoughts. So the campaigns, the consultants, the handlers, they are the reason why a lot of the formats look the way they look. So... Anyway, I'm down a rabbit hole here. But to me, that's important because, again, I want to know whether this person is able to defend principles and make arguments and persuade. Um, let me see here. Oh, okay, that was the, uh, I'm sorry, reading another a tweet that is completely irrelevant to this discussion. I apologize. Um, there was this, so, then the uh, Charlotte Observer. I was looking at the Charlotte Observer endorsement slate. This way I know... Who not to vote for? Oh, I kid the observer. No, look, they endorse Republicans all the time. For example, in seats that are only being contested by Republicans, they'll endorse a Republican. Uh, the last, I mean, they've endorsed presidential uh, uh, candidates, Republican presidential candidates. I think as recently as who was it? Eisenhower, I believe. 
Yeah, I mean, see, so they have a clear record. They will endorse. They'll endorse a Republican for president. Let me go over this list. Hang on. Let me before I go to the endorsements. I have a list of all the races. Mecklenburg County. Uh, the races that are on the primary ballot. Charlotte Mayor. Charlotte City Council. County Board of Commissioners. Clerk of Court. Sheriff and District Attorney. Uh, I got a call also. Did that guy tell you his name about the sheriff? Tom? Tom called and said he was going to vote against Gary McFadden in the, in the Democrat primary uh, because it took Tom almost a year to get his concealed carry. And by the way, McFadden was asked about that during the, uh, the debate that was hosted by the Fraternal Order of Police about this long backlog. And he blamed, as he does with everything, he blamed somebody else for why it took so long for his office to issue concealed carry permits uh, or concealed handgun permits, actually. Um, he said it was because, you know, you got to go through all of these different agencies, the mental health hospitals to do all the checks that you're not insane. So that's the reason why it took so long. Oh, and COVID. It's not his fault. Just remember, nothing is his fault. Nothing bad is his fault. The good stuff, that's due to his leadership, though. 